And it is Bruce Claggett in for Shane Hewitt. It's been a great week for technology in terms of uh, those who are both gamers and those who are viewers on the consumer side. And that brings us to, well, it's time for the technolo- technological world with Blaine Kylo. world and especially for gamers one of the biggest franchises i guess you could call it call of duty well they're out with a a new version a new story a latest uh take on it and it may be the best so far is that right blaine i certainly enjoyed it bruce this is you're right this is a major franchise activision's call of duty they come out with a new version every year and when you're doing the same thing every year in the same franchise, it's essentially a military shooter game. Sometimes you're not going to do so great, and sometimes you do fantastic. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a group of multiplayer Call of Duty players test out the multiplayer beta on Modern Warfare 2, and they came back with a resounding, yes, we love this, we will certainly be playing this which meant that I could focus on the single-player campaign, the story mode that's in Modern Warfare 2. And I think it's the best story that we've had in years, in part because what the developers at Infinity Ward did is simplify things dramatically. So this is not the kind of story that's for everybody. It's certainly not for kids. This is not a kid's story. It's for adults only. But if anybody out there likes playing a military shooter where you've got conspiracies in the military and you've got bad actors from different nations stealing weapons and maybe wreaking havoc on civilian populations, if that kind of story is something that you find exciting and interesting, you're going to get a lot in Modern Warfare 2. And I think we've got a clip. These things take planning and preparation. These things take violence and timing. I can do both. <laughs> well, there you go. It sounds like there's a little depth in terms of characterization. It's not just a first-person shooter uh, for the sake of first-person shooter, is it, Blaine? No, it's really not. And anybody who is a fan and is familiar with the Call of Duty franchise will recognize that voice. That's Captain John Price, former SAS soldier who appears again here, along with a number of other faces that people who have played these games will find familiar. And you'll play a number of these different characters through a number of different environments and a number of different missions. So you're going from a driving mission where you need to protect people. You'll have an opportunity where you're in a plane overhead and you're directing um, attacks on enemies to protect soldiers who are on the ground. And then, of course, you've got your firefights that you'll get involved in where it really is a first-person shooter experience. I thought that the story was great. I thought that it was interesting and compelling. And the other thing I liked about it, because I'm a dad who doesn't have 18 hours to play every day, this is a pretty 
abbreviated campaign, I was able to play it through in a weekend and not many games I can say that about these days. You know, it's interesting. Last night uh, we had, uh, well, we unpacked a survey, a bit of a survey on uh, games and which games are the most stressful. And you would think that Call of Duty would be right up there at number one. But uh, in terms of measuring your heart rate, do you know which game came out on top? Um, I'm going to guess it was Mario Kart Racing. Oh, you heard it, didn't you? <laughs> or, no, or you I saw the story? I I just, I, no, I didn't. That was just truly a guess because in our house, we've got all the systems and all the games, and I see what happens when people sit down and play Mario Kart together. You know, it's funny uh, because that was kind of my reaction in uh, in our house. And, um, you know, you, you think, oh, it's got to be a first-person shooter game. And then you start to think... You know, every time my wife and my 12-year-old son are playing uh, Mario Kart, I sit back and I look at them if I'm not playing. And, uh, you know, toward lap number three, their heart starts to race and their voice goes up like this. And they're like, oh, did you see? And they start that screaming in there. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that's legit. There's nothing more competitive than Mario Kart. Absolutely. Getting back to Call of Duty, though, there is merch. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you've got some diehard fans, I like that. I could actually use that literally. Diehard fans uh, of uh, Call of Duty, uh, you can actually uh, look at merchandise uh, for a gift uh, for Christmas, right? Yeah, well, the holiday season is coming up and Call of Duty branded accessories, you know, you can get your t-shirts, you can get your hoodies, your hats and your mugs, but there's lots of other things too. Like there's a Eureka ergonomic Call of Duty branded chair. So this is an ergonomic gaming chair that you can have. Uh, You could even put that in your home office if you wanted. There is Call of Duty branded kitchen gear, including aprons, knives, cleavers, and rolls and bags that you can roll up your knives and cleavers into. So if you're a whiz in the kitchen, you can get Call of Duty branded gear. And Wooger is a company that provides um, essentially really super sub bass um, speakers that you strap to your body. So you put this body strap around you and the Wooger speakers deliver haptic feedback to your body. So when you're playing Call of Duty, you hook this up to your controller. And when your avatar on the screen is getting shot, you can actually have those haptics delivered to you. So you feel on your body when you're taking damage. It's quite an interesting experience and certainly for Call of Duty. So there's a Call of Duty branded Wooger strap as well. Wow. Interesting. What do they run? Uh, Yeah, those aren't cheap. They're a couple hundred dollars, but if you're a full-on Call of Duty player, uh, it's the kind of thing that really elevates the experience for you. Okay, well, let's get back to talking about um, Nintendo shifting along uh, and uh, Nintendo GameCube. You see that video? The NASCAR driver, uh, Blaine, who gave full credit to uh, Nintendo GameCube for some of his racing prowess. I thought that this was absolutely amazing. Now, we know that hockey players, especially hockey players of this generation, grew up playing NHL hockey um, from EA Sports on their computers. 
all of the football players are playing Madden football on the consoles. And these simulations actually provide an opportunity for them to try out plays and get some experience and be able to see the playing field. Never in my lifetime did I expect that we would have a race car driver being able to take experiences from playing Nintendo GameCube racing and bring that into the real world. But that is exactly what Ross Chastain did last weekend. He was behind. He was in 10th place in the last lap, and that was going to eliminate him from the NASCAR championship. And in a last-ditch effort, he decided to take his hands off the wheel put the car into fifth gear, which my understanding is that NASCAR cars never go into fifth gear because they're never able to control that turn. But he didn't need to control the turn because he let the car completely go around the wall on the outside of the track and went from 10th to 4th because he was able to go so much faster than anybody else. And you can see that in the video. Yeah, it's hugging the wall all the way around. It's unbelievable. And it's something that they used to try when... He was playing um, racing games on his Nintendo GameCube because you could go faster, of course, because you don't need to try and steer. The wall is actually keeping you on the field. It's keeping you on the track. And so he's able to go much faster than anybody else and managed to get to fourth place, which gave him enough points to qualify for the championship. He'll be racing in Phoenix this weekend. Uh, good stuff. Hey, before we let you go, let's talk about the other big news in tech. It comes from the consumer side, comes from the streaming side. We're now two days into it. Netflix and its new ad-supported plan, you know, where you can transfer your profile over and the whole thing will work out, but you get ads, but you're paying less. How's that going over? What's the feedback? Yeah, I think that it's a little early for Netflix to have any numbers to determine whether it's going to work for them. I I think that it is going to work for them. They wouldn't have done it otherwise. The new basic with ads plan is six six bucks a month in Canada. Um, You get between four and five minutes of ads per hour. The ads are 15 to 30 seconds long. So it's really like a traditional television viewing experience now. The limitations to that, though, are your video quality tops out at 720p. So if you're really into high def pictures, you're not going to get that same experience with basic with ads. And if you're in the habit of downloading videos onto your devices to watch offline, you can't do that if you're a basic with ads subscriber. So those are things to keep in mind. The ability to transfer the profile is a way that Netflix is trying to get in uh, in front of I think a crackdown on sharing accounts and it's going to be really easy for them to say, Hey, we're cracking down on you sharing your accounts with all of your roommates and all of your family across Canada, because it's going to be easy for them to say, Hey, why don't you just transfer that profile and all of your preferences and all of your likes and all of your wish lists will go with you. And then we can make it really easy for you to pay for your own account in the future. I think that this is Netflix trying to get us ready for a crackdown. Yeah, I was a little disappointed with this whole idea. And uh, I'm not going over. I'm, uh, you know, everybody wants to save money. But uh, for me, I'm not really all that interested in it. The other one I I am curious about uh, is the downgrading quality. Uh, is it going to mean that much of a difference, do you think, uh, going to 720? I mean, we're so used to HD. Um, I, I forget what 720 looks like. 
I, I think that depending on what kind of a connection you have, there might be some people because of the compression on Netflix, you might not be getting much more than 720 anyway, depending on what your setup is at home. But I've got a pretty high speed connection here and I'm getting 4K stuff coming through and I paid good money for my really nice LG OLED TV. I want to have nice pictures on that thing. Yeah, I was kind of like the same way. Uh, as soon as I got my TV a couple of years ago that uh, was way beyond that, uh, you know, when you got an OLED, OLED, yeah, that's it, TV, you want to get uh, the best quality and see what it can do. Uh, still, I guess, uh, when it comes to cable vision, uh, most of us don't realize uh, we're not getting the full quality anyways, right? Yeah, and, and that's certainly true. If you don't have a trained eye and you don't know what you're looking for, you might not notice the difference. I really think that there are a lot of people who are diehard Netflix users who are going to stay with the plans that they've got. I think that what Basic with Ads is going to do is it might expand the Netflix audience a little bit because people who are maybe on the fence about whether or not they wanted to be subscribers might decide that, hey, for $6 a month, I can do that. It'll be interesting to see in the time ahead. Blaine Kylo, thanks uh, for joining us and uh, for explaining everything tech in the news. A great uh, pleasure to have you as usual. Good to talk to you, Bruce. Have a good night.